Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to my guest list pod. I'm Darren, and this is the show where the guests on my list get to have some fun with their favorite list countdowns, and we get to know them and their work a little better. Remember, if you'd like to contact me, you can find me at my guest list pod everywhere you look, and especially over at myguestlistpod.com. So today's interview show was one I did just before Christmas last year, and it was with a lovely young actress, singer, and friends TV show obsessed fan from LA. Unsurprisingly, Brittany Rizzo is the host of a podcast focused around the Friends TV show, but it's a fandom-style show with a bit of a twist. A twist or a point of difference we get to explore in this interview. And as a devoted and somewhat obsessed fan of The Office myself, we are kindred spirits in a way, and we had a great chat about our obsessions, her life, and her career. Having appeared in movies, TV, and a very notable commercial, Brittany had some great stories about her experiences in show business, and when I was editing the audio, I realized I had forgotten how much Brittany had made me laugh, and I hope you enjoy listening to our chat as much as I did recording it. So go grab a coffee, even if it's not from Central Perk, settle your monkey, and sit back and relax as I take you into the world of Brittany Rizzo and her podcast, My Only Friends. and welcome to my only friends. Joining me today is a talented young actress and singer who also lists Chandler Bing impersonator as one of her gigs. Brittany Rizzo has recently broadened her horizons and now produces and hosts a podcast intimately related to her love of the immensely popular TV series Friends. See, that Chandler Bing thing is starting to make more sense now. Brittany, welcome onto my personal guest list and welcome to my guest list pod. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) A pleasure. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's uh, it's early in the morning here and we're going to have a day of about 33 degrees. So I'm on the second floor of the house and it's going to warm up very quickly. Oh my gosh. It's 70 degrees here right now in LA. Oh yeah. You guys know about heat out there and drought. So So, Brittany, tell us a little bit about yourself for all the people that don't know who you are. Please uh, give us that Elevated pitch on uh, where, not just your career, but uh, who you are, where you grew up, all that sort of stuff. I'm interested in that. that, It's so funny, like being on the other side, I haven't been on the other side in a little bit because of doing my podcast. So it's like, gosh, I forget forget how to talk about myself a little bit. Um, So I'm from Las Vegas originally, and I've been living out in Los Angeles for 11 years now. I basically, I was, I graduated cosmetology school in Las Vegas. And then like a month later, I got a call to do um, like background work in, it was from this place called Central Casting. And they, they asked me if I wanted to do background work on a Disney show. And I was like, yeah, I love Disney Channel. Why not? Like, and I had friends out in California. So I was like, I'll just stay with them and do it. And it was for the show Wizards of Waverly Place with Selena Gomez. And, um, it was to play like a delinquent wizard and like (laughs) part of the, um, the, the teacher, Justin had to teach these kids to get back into the, the wizard competition. And they ended up bumping me up to a co-star. And so it was like, I had just graduated cosmetology school and then I got this 
And it was kind of like my first day on set. I was like, I never want to leave here. And this is what I want to do forever. And so (laughs) that job and like meeting people through there and a lot of friends through there and having that experience is what made me move out to LA. And I'm still really good friends with a lot of the people on that show. And then, you know, you move out to LA thinking it's going to be that easy all the time. And you know, a few years go by before you book anything else ever again. And I moved out to LA, like not knowing a single person, um, just kind of like not knowing what to do whatsoever. And then I, you know, was, I was probably here for a year and a half, two years before I booked anything else after that. And then, um, I booked a commercial that got me into the apartment that I'm in now. And I've been here ever since. Okay, fantastic. Was acting something that you always wanted to do or was it just that you got that taste of it with the wizards and thought, yeah, this, I know you said that that sort of uh, made the decision for you once you actually got into it, but was was it something growing up as a little girl that you said, oh, I want to be an actor or an actress? I think it was always, I want to be a pop star. Okay. (laughs) So like I... I mean, I remember exactly where I was when I heard Baby One More Time for the first time. It was like on AOL. It was like, you know, on, do you remember on AOL when um, you'd have the homepage that would say like, you've got mail. And then they had all, it looked like an, like the homepage, basically, I I think it's still like that. Um, But they had like an ad of Britney Spears, her music video. And I pulled my mom into the office. I was like, mom, mom, like, this is what I want to do. Look at her. And her name's Britney. (laughs) Like, and I, was just like, I want to be just like her. And then we went to an NSYNC concert months later and she opened up for them. And I was like, oh my God, mom, it's the girl from AOL. Like I was just like <laughs> so excited. So I always wanted to like singing was my first passion. And I would say at the age of like I was fourth grade. So I don't know. That's like 10. I want to say that was the first time I sang like the national anthem at an event. Yep. Okay. And, uh, because my dad was a firefighter in Las Vegas. So every like city event or, you know, thing that the fire department was putting on and they'd need somebody to sing the national anthem, that's what I would do. And that was definitely like, I always wanted to be a performer, but I feel like it that was just more accessible to me. Like I, I knew like, okay, you tell somebody you can sing, you audition and then they hire you for that. But I never knew how to get to the acting side because it, none of that happened in Las Vegas, you know? Okay. So I, I definitely, like I had been in like high school or like plays and stuff like that, but it was never like, Oh, I want to be an actress. And I would say it wasn't until I actually went on set, had lines and, you know, had a camera, had a live audience. Like that's when I was like, Oh, this is it. This is what I want to do. Okay. G- considering you, you are an actress and a singer, so double threat there, have you looked into doing or you wanted to do anything in terms of like a musical or, or stage work? Um, so I've done plays in the, you know, since being out in LA, I've done a handful of plays. Um, okay. But like, I mean, yeah, it would be amazing to be on something where I, I could sing and there's plenty of shows like that now. Mm-hmm. Um so it's definitely something I would love to combine. It's interesting because I've never been a musical theater person. So I love singing and I love acting. But like for me to watch a whole movie where someone's singing the whole time, I'm like, oh, does this ever stop? 
Like, <laughs> like I like the like Greece is obviously amazing. I could do yeah. that where it's like, you know, they're talking, they're having scenes in between and then like a really fun musical number. But I remember, I mean, people are going to hate me for saying this, but I watched Hamilton on Disney plus okay. and I was like, are they ever just going to talk? Like, this is driving me insane. Like, I can't, I can't. Stuff like that, it's just like, I check out really fast. So, okay. I like La, like La La Land. A movie like that would just be like, oh, that's one of my favorite movies. It's so good. I still haven't seen that yet, but it's oh. on the list. Yeah, I know. I still haven't seen it, but I, I'll get around to it. So, yeah, I think I really related to it too because it was like Emma Stone's character is from Nevada and then she's out in LA trying to be an actress oh, and it's like, go. what am I doing? And so yeah. it just felt very much like, wow, I'm watching my life play out before my eyes, but just not with Ryan Gosling. So Yeah, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I always wondered, I was looking through a lot of your work and I thought I've listened to a little bit of music as well and I wondered why you hadn't done a little anything since about 2015, 16, I think is the last bit of music that i saw on apple that yeah I, yeah because i really liked your voice i thought you'd probably are you interested in doing more music i am i think it's a matter of like you find the right people to work with and um the girl who produced a lot of my music my friend um she has a band called my dear wendy she moved away so that was like one of those things like during the pandemic it was it became harder for us to work on things together and i don't know i go through phases when it comes to singing like i found that i singing is like mine like i like it i like being alone sometimes and just singing to sing and not um perform giving it to other people i don't know if that makes yeah. sense of like no, I understand. you know it becomes, I think the music industry is much more harsh and harder than okay. acting. I mean, both yeah. are hard, but I, I think, you know, it, it singing is so special to me and I would never want it to become work or my job or something that stressed me out. And I see a lot of my friends in the music industry, like you don't, if you want to make it in that industry, you don't get a second to yourself, basically. Oh, okay. And, yeah. uh, you know, I still write, but it, it definitely, like, I'll go in phases of, like, I'll be writing a lot, and then I'll go in phases where I'm singing a lot, and then I'll go in phases where I'm like, wow, I, had, I haven't sang anything in months. And then a song will hit me, and then I'll be like, oh, I want to sing this song all the time. And so yeah. it's definitely, I don't, I don't know. I, I hope I can put out more music, but... You know, the one song that I'm super proud of, October, like I wrote that song in probably a half hour and it was like, it just all came to me at once. And then it ended up being like one of my favorite songs that I would perform at like, you know, little spots in Hollywood. And, mm -hmm. but I, I haven't had that moment again and I don't, I don't want to force to try to find it. No, that's, that's understandable, of course, because it, yeah. it wouldn't be genuine and it'd probably come across in your music. So right. that was actually that was actually the first song I listened to was mm, October, actually. You. So, yeah, really, really nice. Lovely. And good, lovely film clip too. So. Oh, thanks. One thing I did want to ask you about also was uh, the, the movie you did. You Have Arrived? Oh, that was a fun one. Yeah, that looks cool. Tell me about that. So what's interesting is that I am such a baby 
Like, I'm afraid of everything. Like, even when you were saying Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I remember my dad would watch that and I would not watch it with him because it scared me. Like, it truly scared me. Oh, okay. Um. So, when, I, when we were filming that, we were, gosh, like, maybe an hour and a half, two hours out of LA at, like, some rundown motel. We were the only people there. And there's a scene where I had to go walk up the stairs and then stay there until the rest of the scene was over. And I made somebody go sit up there with me because I was so creeped out. I was like, okay, I know this is just a movie, but like, no, I'm not going up there by myself. Um, But it was fun. I definitely got to channel my inner Jennifer Love Hewitt, which was, you know, I really enjoyed doing that film. Okay. And I met a lot of cool people on it. And I got, you know, it was probably one of the best experiences as far as like what I learned and, you know, I, I think as actors, you always get like, so I, at least for me, I'm always like, do I still know how to do this whenever I book something or like I'm mm-hmm. on set? I'm like, do I even know how to do this anymore? Like, because you spend so much time doing these self tapes and auditioning from home. And you're like, is anybody even watching this tape when I send it out? Is, you know, I'm doing it in front of my friend who I'm comfortable with. But like, when I get on set, am I still going to like, can I deliver? And then you get there and you're like, oh, you know what? Everybody's kind of feeling this way. Like everybody yeah. is kind of just trying to figure out, like, can I still do this? Like, I feel like everybody's just like hoping the next person knows what they're doing. And then it just becomes this collaborative effort and something really great came out of it. And it definitely was one of the most fun sets I had been on. Okay. Was was that your favorite project that you've actually done though, out of the, all the credits you have in movies? I mean, I I would say that's hard. I think Wizards was probably still like number one, but then I I did a uh, commercial with Justin Timberlake and that was probably like the most life-changing fun one. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Very cool. What's he like? Oh my God. He was so nice. He was so nice. And it was just like... It was the most surreal moment of my life. And he okay. couldn't stop laughing because of my reaction because he came out and surprised me oh, like nice. in the commercial. Like everybody kind of ripped off this commercial after it happened. Okay. Like of like celebrities surprising their fans, like real fans. Like he was kind of the first person to do that and turned it into a Target commercial. And I just remember like, I was like, no. When he came walking out in the middle of me singing, I was like, no, 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 no. Like I was so shocked and like i thought i was like hallucinating and i walked away from him at first because like this is not happening like what is happening right now i was so mind blown and he was kind of like come here like then just started (laughs) laughing and i was like oh my god and he was like do you want to sing together and i was like yeah and then we just started singing his song mirrors together and then i was like i like burst into tears and he was like say hello to america say hello to target and the director was like, Brittany, how are you feeling right now? I was like, this is the first commercial I've ever done. And I don't even know what's happening. And everybody just started, like, there wasn't a dry eye in the room because people knew how obsessed with him I was. And they actually, they did this with multiple people in the commercial. And they saved me for last because I think they knew I was, like, the most psychotic out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You'd have the biggest reaction. So, yeah, yeah. So, they were yeah. like, let's save her for last. So, it... It's definitely if you YouTube it, it's you can definitely see that reaction, and that ended up being the commercial, which is funny. So we we 
I don't think we've actually seen that here in Australia. So that that's a target commercial. I don't think we've mm-hmm. actually seen that here. So wait, do they have targets um, in commercial in well, in Australia? Yeah, yeah we yeah. have target, but uh, I don't mm. I don't know if we've actually had that commercial here as such. So mm. I'm going to YouTube it and uh, check it out. So yeah. Because he seems like a fun guy. For like, look, obviously, you, we only see the persona that you you see publicly in movies and things like that. But he seems like he's a pretty fun guy. He's been well, he's been on SNL and things like that as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's so funny, and he was so nice. And he invited all of us who were in the commercial to go back to his um his album release party, and that was okay. so fun. Like, yeah. basically just a free Justin Timberlake concert. It was so fun. Oh, nice. That's mm-hmm. cool. Someone else that I know you enjoyed working with from listening to your podcast, which we'll get to eventually, <laughs> um, was uh, David DeLuise. Oh, yeah. He's a good friend of mine. He's really great. He's really great. He was it, – it was interesting because him and I didn't have any scenes together. Okay. Like ever. But there was this area behind the stage, not behind the stage, like outside of the stage where you can like people would have their smoke breaks or whatever. And we would sit at these tables and in between like scenes and everything. And we just like talked a lot. And, you know, when I'd have friends come visit me on set, he was like super kind to them too. And we just always be sitting out at the same like communal tables. And then when I first moved out here, he really was somebody who helped me like kind of understand what to do out here a little bit. And we just remained good friends. And he was really, you know, it was really great. He was super supportive when I asked him to come, you know, do this podcast. And yeah, we have, we have good conversations a lot of the time. He's great. Yeah. I enjoyed that episode. It actually gave you a little bit of an insight to, you know, friendships on, on set and things Mm -hmm. like that, that we don't, you know, us normal people who are involved <laughs> in that sort of stuff. Yeah. We don't get to see a lot of that. So it was nice to see that he seemed a fairly grounded type of person and seemed like he was very approachable and you guys must have uh, had a good time together. Definitely. There's no yeah. ego there. That's what's yeah. that's what's nice. Like you, when you meet the actors who, you know, there's the ego is removed and they're just, you know, normal people. Yeah, that's great. Look, we we do have to get to your podcast. So yeah. it's in its infancy. So how many episodes you're in into it? Eight, eight nine, eight, yeah, eight, eight episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what prompted you to start the podcast? So I have my friend Mickey Shaloa. He is an incredible actor and singer as well, and he has the funniest sketches on TikTok right now. And he just kind of like blew up from doing sketches, and we always would have these conversations of like. You know, in LA, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. And it's a lot of, you know, you're being submitted to projects and you're being asked to audition. And it's kind of like you're giving somebody else the reins to say whether or not you're good enough to be in something. Mm -hmm. And I think in the times we're in now, it's a lot of you can do things on your own. You don't have to wait for somebody to hire you. And Mickey has definitely been somebody in my life who, has inspired me because that's when he he was like, I wanted to see a show like this. So he just created the sketches himself and put it on TikTok and now basically has his own TV series on TikTok that he's producing and doing himself. And he is the one to who um, he sent me this video and was like, you know, I forget. We both keep forgetting who the guy was who was doing this Ted talk, but he literally said in the TikTok in the video, like, 
you know, I guarantee there's somebody who watches Friends every night to escape. Like, why not turn the thing that you're escaping from and going to into something that can like bring happiness and a life force and purpose into your life? Like, create a podcast about friends. So I was like, oh, done. Like, why am I not creating a podcast about friends? And, you know, I find. I didn't want it to be a rewatch show because I feel like there's so many of those. And like, yeah. look, to be honest, I'm not going to listen to somebody else's rewatch show about friends because I don't really want to hear their opinion on friends when I love it so much. Like nothing yeah. they say is going to change how I love an episode or not, yeah. you know, but I started thinking more and more. I'm like, okay, how do I create a podcast about my love for friends and what it's done for me? And I wanted to correlate it with mental health because Friends for me, like, I can't wait till I get in bed and I could turn friends on and go to sleep. And for me, it just stops my ruminating thoughts. Like, I, you know, when I'm falling asleep at night, you're thinking of so many things and you're overwhelming yourself and you're anxious. And I can literally turn on friends and all of that stops. And like, if I wake up in the middle of the night and it's not on, I turn it on instantly and fall back asleep. Like, okay. it's one of those things. Cause I could close my eyes and I can still see what's happening. Cause I know the show yes. so well yeah, and I yeah. don't have to like really try and focus on it. And, um, you know, it's just one of the, it's such a comfort show and it, it sounds crazy, but I feel like I know these people and like, I am like, oh, God, I miss friends. Like, even last yeah. night before I went to bed, I was like, I can't wait to turn friends on. And I often wonder, I'm like, am I ever not gonna, like, is there gonna be one day where I'm like, I can just never watch friends again? And I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I, I just, it's been like, you know, six, seven years I've been watching it every night before I go to sleep. So I basically, I know why I love friends. I know why friends helps me, but I wanted to connect with other people and, see what sh what are the shows that help them in their hard times, okay. you know? Yeah. Do, do you watch Friends in chronological chronological order or do you just put on a, a random episode? I usually – so when it was on Netflix, I would just put on a random episode. Yeah. Um, But it's on HBO Max now and it just, like, goes – like, all. it doesn't have that, like, are you still watching feature. So okay. I'll go to bed game. with season two on and then all of a sudden I'm in season seven by the next morning and I'm like, oh <laughs> my gosh. I've Then sometimes it's like, sometimes I will happen to watch the same episode over and over again and I'm like, okay, I need to like switch it up a little bit. But it's interesting because I can never go past season nine. Like when season 10 comes around, it makes me too uh, anxious that it's yeah, coming to an end. It's coming to an end, of course. So I have to start it from the beginning again. <laughs> So I'm an Office fan, and uh, once you get past season six, you're sort of hoping that seven, eight, and nine will just go a little bit faster, so you can get back to one. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, because Steve Carell left in uh, coming into seven, so they they sort of dropped off a little bit of a cliff after that. I still enjoy them, and I still watch them, but I'm I'm, I'm same way. I'm, I'm not anxious about getting into season nine, but uh, what I like about also with what you do with your your show is you relate an episode of Friends back to some point in the interview or a characteristic of the relationship you have with your guest on that day. Mm. 
back to an episode in Friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that's really clever. And I like the way you do that. And it's, it's uh, really interesting. So, thank you. Yeah, I just really wanted to. You know, because like I said, it's one of those things where I know that when my mental health gets bad, I know when I feel alone, I know when I'm anxious, people, I I mean, if I call one of my friends and I'm upset, the first thing they do, they're like, drink some water, eat something good, turn on friends and just relax. Like people (laughs) know that if they tell me to turn on friends, I'm going to feel better. And like, you know, there's been plenty of times like I, I would have to get like these crazy blood draws for this health thing that I was going through. And I would bring friends on my iPad and it got me through. And so I yeah. just wanted to know like what that show was for other people. And it's so interesting how, you know, my friend Sarah hers is friends, but for completely different reasons. Or, okay. you know, my friend Tyler it was Golden Girls or, you know, my friend Molly who she said Felicity and and it's also like movies and TV shows and it could be stand up that got you through a super hard time or like were a big chunk of significance in your life. And, and it's been nice too, because you know, my friend Molly McCook who was on, she said her show was Felicity. Well, so I watched it because I had never seen it before. Now I'm obsessed with this show. So it's also getting me to watch new content that I would never necessarily watch before. Yeah. And uh, like David Deloise is up. He loved Lord of the Rings. And there I was. I sat in my apartment for four days and watched all three Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it was <good>. great. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Yeah, I did hear the reference to to that in your episode with him, which was was funny. So, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that's good. All right, look. We we can get back to your podcast, which we will in a little bit, but I, I do have a feature of my show that uh, all my guests have to uh, endure, suffer, <laughs> or no. most, of, most of them like doing it. So, uh, and that's counting down, uh, counting down a top 10. I can't speak this morning. I've washed my tongue. I can't do anything with it. Um, <laughs> so, your top 10 is topped, funnily enough, top 10. TV series of all time. So mm-hmm. this is obviously your top 10. So we'll uh, let's get into that. And I'm sure there's some discussions around TV shows there that we can have. But there's a few of these that uh, I think may have come to Australia, but there's a few that didn't. Uh, mm. Or if they did, they didn't last very long. So it's going to be an interesting one. So why don't you let us know what your number 10 top TV series of all time is, please? I think I said Sex in the City, didn't I? You did, yes. I did. Yeah, so, well, let me just say that one that's not in there that should be a very high honorable mention is Impractical Jokers. I don't know if you have that in Australia. I, I, we, no, I'm trying to think if we had it on free-to-air. We may have had it on free-to-air, but it wasn't in prime time. I think it was a late-night thing that came on, uh, mm. on free-to-air for a while, and I think you can get it on cable or pay-per-view show so i have seen it but it wasn't a staple here in australia as far as i know gotcha i mean yeah it's just it was that show definitely got me through the pandemic it was the only thing that like really made me laugh which was it was just nice it was like mindless you didn't have to really pay attention and then it was just so silly um so that's my my honorable mention because i was like how can i forget okay. impractical jokers because i was obsessed <laughs> with them but sex in that's the city good. is is number 10 that was another show that i i had watched for the very first time during the pandemic and i ended up okay. watching it all the way through like three times <laughs> three times and the movies 
Mm. What's interesting is that I saw the movie before I ever saw an episode of the show. Oh, really? So, okay, that's a weird way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I never, I, it, it was until HBO Max came out, I didn't really, I didn't have HBO. So I just didn't watch okay. Sex in the City. And so, um, but yeah, it, it's, it was interesting knowing what the ending was going to be essentially while yeah. I was watching the series. But I, I feel like Sex in the City is like a rite of passage for any girl entering their 30s. Like, yeah. it's kind of like a must watch. And if anything, it made you go, oh, my God, I will never act that way with a guy, <laughs> like, ever again. Or it just kind of made you feel very powerful in your body and just kind of like, you're like, oh, okay, so in my 30s, it's still normal to be going through this. And, yeah. you know, um, and I just absolutely love Kim Cattrall. Like, she is that show for me. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China was, I think, the first time I really noticed Kim Cattrall, and I thought she was gorgeous. So, yeah, yeah. she's stunning, like yeah. absolutely stunning. Such an incredible actor. Like the the material they gave her on that show is like an actor's dream because she, you know, got to be very vulnerable and very powerful and yeah. very um, just, you know, she she was a woman in her forties where she wasn't playing a mom and cooking mm. something in the kitchen. So oh, she got to have fun with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Sex and City. That's great. Look, it's one of my wife's favorite, probably all time series as well. Yeah. And we got it on free to hit free to air here in Australia. So mm -hmm. um, we watched all the seasons. Yeah. Um, we were on a honeymoon in America for six and a half weeks and all the good stuff used to be on HBO. We noticed that. So, mm -hmm. um, six and a half weeks. That's a good honeymoon. Yeah. We went to a lot of places. It was great. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Sex in the City. Fantastic. So if you've seen, there's two movies, right? There's, yikes. I think there's three movies. Three movies. Have you seen all those as well? The other two? I don't know. Is there two or three? I know or maybe two. there's supposed to be a third and then they turned it into the god-awful series that it is now. Yeah, I don't think anyone's even bothered with that. I don't think my wife's even bothered looking at that. So, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think any real fans love the reboot. It makes okay. me really sad, but also, like, you just can't have that show without Kim Cattrall. And look, not to bring it out about Friends again, but this is why I love them so much, is they know that they had a good thing and it still lives on, so don't yep. touch it. Yep, you know what I mean? Yep, like, yeah. So that's how I feel about all the reboots. It's like, it, same with Hocus Pocus. It's like, if you still have a classic TV show or movie that is timeless and new people are still discovering it for the first time, do not touch it. Let it yeah. go. Let it live and like <laughs> keep finding new people. But these reboots are, are really killing me here. Yeah. Look, it, it's my, my eldest boy and I were talking about this the other day and we we're talking about movies that might be able to be redone and how you'd recast them and things like that. But there are some classic movies and TV series I think you just can't touch. Mm -hmm. you know? And like we were talking in particular about The Breakfast Club. And mm. We didn't think you should even go near touching that. And right. because I've, I've got two teenage boys and an older son and the teenage boys really like that as well, even though it's set in the 80s, they really like that movie as well. And mm -hmm. I'd hate to see that, that, um, legacy tarnished with them doing something, uh, you know, to try and make it more modern. Because I think it, the ideas in the shows, and that's what happens in a, I think a good show, the, the, the ideas and the themes, they're relevant 
regardless of the fact that the setting might be a little bit older and mm-hmm. they still hit the same um, nerves with kids and adults years right. later. Uh, and, yeah, you don't need to reboot it just to, you know, make some extra money. Yeah, money and, and grab. legacy. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. It's a money yeah. grab and it's like, look, I, I just don't think even the integrity of the characters, like, they're it's gone for me. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. you can't tell me Samantha Jones isn't going to show up for Big's funeral. Spoiler alert. And you can't tell me that she's <laughs> just not going to be friends with Carrie anymore over something so stupid when she did yeah. so much for her. Like, I just uh, don't get me started. We can talk for hours about it. Just made me so mad. It made me so Fair mad. Enough. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go on to your number nine then. What is your number nine best TV Mo- series? Modern those? Family. It's oh, a classic. I, I like that one. <laughs> I was such a late bloomer to Modern Family. I started it when it was off air. Yeah. And so that's recent, but it was one of those things I was home during the pandemic at my parents' house. And then, you know, it would just come on E, um, yeah. the channel E, and I would get really into it. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to start it from the beginning. And that show is one of the, like, I laugh out loud to that show so many yeah. times. I mean, it's so clever. The acting is brilliant um their little jokes and references phil dunphy i think i would marry phil dunphy tomorrow like (laughs) i love him i just love him i adore him he's so endearing he's so sweet so funny and i just that that show and like there were so many episodes i would cry like it would make me i'm like wow i didn't know i was gonna be like sobbing to modern family tonight like but it gets you sometimes yeah look i watched a lot of those episodes and the fact that they they have all the different family units and the dynamic between all of those people is, and it's good. It's because it's you've got the kids as well having their mm-hmm. own um, storylines and involved. It's just nonstop hilarity. So it's uh, mm-hmm. and like you said, there are there are episodes where it uh, it's a little bit more serious, but uh, mm-hmm. generally they're yeah they're they're a fun watch definitely do you find like because you like the office um i always find like if i'm having a really irritating moment in life or at work or i'm like at the grocery store and somebody does something weird do you ever like look off to the non-existent camera <laughs> do you ever, so, i do it all the time so like jim help it <laughs> yeah uh, so, sort of i roll my eyes i raise my eyebrows yeah, yeah that happens sometimes uh but it's uh i'm not looking for the camera but uh now that you now that you mention it it probably looks a little bit like that i, yeah. I, I think so there's probably. so many times i do it where i'm like somebody at, at the grocery store is doing the weirdest thing or like in life and i just like look to the side and i shake my head and i'm like there has to because there's no way this could yeah. be real someone yeah. It's got to be filming this right now. Yeah. No, I I, I, I get you. Uh, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your number set? Uh, number eight, please. Number eight was that 70s show. Uh, again, one of my favorites. <laughs> it's it's so good. And talking about reboot, I mean, they're coming out with that 90s show, and I'm really nervous about it. Oh, really? I, mean, I didn't hear about that. Okay. Yeah. It's coming out, I think, next month. Oh, um really but that i i know i know i i i just i i can't say i'm gonna watch it because again that 70s show was in a time like look not a ton of things are people say now but like i'm sorry i i thought 
nothing's funnier than Mila Kunis calling somebody a skank face. It's just oh, funny. That's a, it's amazing. <laughs> or, you know, a dumb as Red's always calling somebody a dumbass or like, or, you know, what's good? Yeah. Putting my foot up your ass. And like, yeah, I just Red feel like, he's great. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people are so sensitive now where I, I just don't know how that's going to be. Like, um, but I'll, I'll give it a chance because I do want to see where the characters are now. But that 70s show, you know, I, I, w- I remember they took it off Netflix and I remember being like, I miss Jackie. Because I just, like, loved Jackie Burkhart. I yes. loved her. I think, yeah. you know, she was, they were all just so funny. And the mom, and and I just loved, like, the wardrobe. And, you know, it was kind of, and it was another friends, you know. They're all hanging out in a basement or, but, you know, I th- I think I tend to love those shows where everybody just has their little getaway where they can just, like, hang out and, like, be present with one another. Yeah, and that was probably the stepping off point for, is it Topher Grace? Mm-hmm. For him to, to go on to other things as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know what else, outside of a couple of movies that I've seen him in, I don't know what else he had done before that series. Yeah, that was show. his first That was job. his first? That's, mm-hmm. That was pretty good. He did a really good job then. Yeah. And see, I, I just don't think that they do that with kids anymore where it's like, you know, especially in LA now, it's like kids start working when they're six months old at this point. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of studios are giving green actors that chance anymore. And, okay. and just kind of being like, this is an unknown, but they're perfect for it. And we're going to have yeah. a whole series. Like, I think the sitcom world is so different now. And, you know, it's interesting. There's not a lot of sitcoms on television right now. And I, my my dream would be to bring that back. I would love to mm. be on a on a sitcom that's just you know just a good sitcom. Yeah, there's not much around. Like again, uh, because of Netflix and binge and all those sorts of things, mm-hmm. we don't watch a lot of free to air TV anymore. So obviously, when they bring something like that out, it's probably going to go straight to one of those streaming platforms. And uh, right. it's a different vibe. I think. I I think you grow that loyalty with that sort of a show because mm-hmm. it's on once a week and people talk about it during the week and then mm-hmm. it's on again. And I think we've lost a little bit of that because of the fact that you can binge a whole season of a show, you know, within two days or a day, depending on yeah. how manic you yeah. want to be about it. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, you've lost unless it goes to free to air, which, you know, less and less people are watching nowadays. You don't, garner that loyalty over time that you did with some of the shows so mm-hmm. and like i never watched the office uh originally i did watch friends when it was being released uh at the time so you'd be able to talk about an episode with friends who with your friends uh about what happened in the episode the night before and you know that would be you know cooler talk i guess uh right. for a while so i think that's how the loyalty over time uh builds up and i watched entourage with my my eldest boy uh, i binged all those seasons pretty quickly as well and i really enjoyed it but i thought to myself how much more of an impact it would have made when that series finished if i had invested years and years of my life watching it absolutely um, so so i really enjoyed it but i could tell it wasn't the same as when for example i watched uh, mash which mm-hmm. you, well, you're probably a bit too young for. But <laughs> but, I never uh, seen it. I've never seen it, but I know, I know of yeah, it. Yeah. So, and that was something that you know we'd watched 
uh, over time and watched the last episode and that was really sad because you mm-hmm. you, you invested so much time. Same with Seinfeld, same sort of thing with Seinfeld. So, right. Yeah, but anyway. All right. Uh, let's get on to number seven, please. Oh, Grey's Anatomy. Mm. <laughs> no, we did have this over here and it was huge as well. Yeah, I mean – I, I would definitely say like the first ten seasons are the best. Okay. Um. And what's what's interesting is that I I started the show probably I would oh gosh I mean these are it's gonna be spoiler alerts but um when Izzy left is right when I started the show like watching it when I was in high school okay. and then I was watching it every episode after that but I had never seen the first five seasons and people were like what. Like, how are you even watching this show? Mm. So last summer, I think it was, I started it from the beginning and it is some of the best, tel- it's like the golden age of television. I mean, the the performances, the acting, the stories, you're so invested and like the soundtrack and just, I mean, Ellen Pompeo is, is so, such an incredible actress and you know, I, I would be sitting there so, like violently crying to some of these episodes where I'm like, okay. oh, yeah, I can just watch one today. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, guys, I'm not going to make it. Um, <laughs> George died and I'm just not OK. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go watch some friends pick myself up. <laughs> Literally. It's such a it's so funny because whenever that is a joke between a lot of my friends and I have like if I watch something scary or intense, they're like. Well, how many episodes of Friends do you have to watch tonight to like counteract it? <laughs> yeah, take the edge off. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy was big here, and uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, but that was George Clooney's big break too, wasn't it? No, that's ER. Oh, is that ER? Oh god, mm-hmm. there you go. See, I oh, now I wasn't a big Grey's Anatomy fan. I did watch ER. Maybe that's why I remember mm. him from there. My wife mm-hmm. watched Grey's Anatomy. But uh, yeah, oh, I actually did like it. Yeah, so that's probably why I'm thinking of George Clooney. So yeah, uh, okay, very good. All right. Um, well, what is your number six, please? Number six is the cheesiest, best part of Dixie. <laughs> it wasn't big here. I um, I don't think it was big anywhere. To be honest, <laughs> no offense, because I love it. I've probably rewatched that show like six or seven times, and okay. it's just like. It's a little escape show. It's so it's one of those shows you're getting 22 episodes a season, six or seven seasons, and it's like love triangles and so cheesy and but like you know it's early 2000s, so the the wardrobe is just amazing. The actors are great. The guys on the show are hot, and it's just like Rachel Bilson's so cute, and she's you know so enjoyable to watch. And it's just one of those. And then who is it? Uh, Jamie. Jamie King, I think her name is. Yeah. Um, she's such a good actress. She's on it. And it's just kind of like, I mean, we'll get into Gilmore Girls, but it's kind of like a more campy Gilmore Girls almost. Okay. Okay. You know, it's like that fictional town, but set in reality. And it's just that perfect escape of like, well, what's going on in Bluebell this afternoon? Like, yep. I need to know. And it's interesting okay. because... The show Virgin River, I don't know if you've heard of that, kind of ripped no. off the entire premise of Heart of Dixie, where it was like, she she moves to this town, finds out that, you know, 
her dad left her an entire practice and then has to live in this town when she's like this New York City doctor and then comes to this small town and like doesn't fit in. But it's it's so fun. It's okay. just so cheesy and fun. I, I can say that I haven't watched an episode of it. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You can do all the heavy <laughs> on that one. That's great. But I will say, going back to musicals, the, the finale scene of Heart of Dixie the whole town sings a song together and as cheesy as it is, makes me cry every time. Every time. Okay. I'm like, why am I crying to this finale sounds right like now? You, sounds like you spend a lot of time crying. So. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> no. I once had somebody insult me in a fight. They were like, well, all you do is cry and watch TV. And I was like, so? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> At least you own it. So that's it's hard to go yeah, on from there, I, I guess. Mean, <laughs> Yeah, and truly anything. If I'm happy, I cry. If I'm sad, I cry. If I'm angry, I cry. If something is sweet, I cry on TV. Like I am you can you can gauge if I really like I'm always like if that was a good movie, it would have made me cry because I cry at anything. So if something okay. didn't make me cry, then it probably wasn't that good. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right, so that's 10 to, 10 to 6 in your countdown. Uh why don't we take a break from the countdown? Okay. And just talk to you a little bit more about you. What do you do for fun? Hobbies uh, other than watching friends, uh, outdoorsy stuff maybe, <laughs> yeah, away from the TV. <laughs> outdoorsy stuff is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I don't even like eating on a patio. Um, <laughs> um, I love, like tonight I'm having a game night. I love game nights. I love okay. having people over i like being the host i like having people over um and kind of just like having my apartment be monica's apartment where people can come and go as they please and like oh you want to come over and have dinner you want to come over and watch a movie um so tonight is game night which i'm really excited about um i take your dogs for a walk so my dogs live in las vegas with my parents (sighs) i know it breaks my heart um but when i'm home i go home a lot Okay. I probably sometimes it's every other month, sometimes it's every two months, but like um especially since the pandemic and because everything now in LA is self-tape, like you don't have to go into the room to audition, you put yourself on camera and send it in. And you okay. can do that anywhere. So I definitely go home a lot more now. And when I am home, I love I'll just take them to the park and we'll sit and we'll play and I really love doing that. Um and yeah, I I'm such a homebody. Um <laughs> So a lot of it is watching TV and crying, but <laughs> but like I love doing Lego sets. Like Legos were yeah. something that I okay. absolutely loved doing um, during the pandemic, and I love uh, karaoke. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, that's because you can sing. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say game night. Yeah, game night is definitely my favorite. I love getting okay. everybody together and just being silly and fun and that's cool that's mm-hmm. cool so with your you, something you mentioned there about auditioning now in terms of sending in tapes and not actually doing it in person anymore in person anymore is that something that's changed now for good because of the pandemic or um i would say so and you know it's interesting because a lot of people i, I think the industry is divided um in who likes it and who doesn't I personally love self-tapes. I love that, you know, like 
if I got an audition right now and it's due Monday, I have the weekend to do it and I can take my time. I don't have to sit in traffic. I don't have to get work off. Like, you know, I can just take my time, put it on tape and do it. And it personally has gotten me a lot more opportunities of getting in the room um, because I think casting directors can see more people now as opposed to you can only call in so many people in person. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think... I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's here to stay. And I personally like it a whole lot more. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cool. Very good. So I did want to ask you some things about friends because I like talking to people about their passion. So um, (laughs) we've worked out that your passion isn't hiking or riding a bike or anything (laughs) like that. So So, um, I want to ask you about friends. What's your favorite storyline? in the series oh my gosh what a hard question we can come back you know (laughs) i i have to say the most fun storyline that comes right off the top of my head is when everybody's finding out about chandler and monica Uh, okay yeah you know it's just everybody's reactions are so great and uh, you know, it's like Joey finds out has to keep the secret. Then Rachel finds out and is trying to get Joey to admit that he knows what's going on. <laughs> and then Rachel is with Phoebe when she finds out for the first time. And then they're all together when Ross finds out for the first time. So it, it's just constantly elevated each time. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's probably like very iconic. And then I'll probably get some backlash for this, but I liked when Joey and Rachel were together. Okay. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was a point of contention for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why people didn't like it. I thought I thought it made sense. Yeah. So hey, how can you resist uh, how you doing? So sort of Exactly. It's so, <laughs> so yeah. funny. I was just trying to teach my two year old nephew this morning how to say that. <laughs> well, I probably did a horrible <laughs> job, but I did it pretty quickly. So anyway. <laughs> um what so friends also known for having a, a huge amount of cameos in mm. the show. So, I have a favorite. What are your favorite cameos or what is your favorite cameo out of all the people that have been on the show? Uh, Christina Applegate, hands down. Her episode, um, the Thanksgiving episode with her, it is the most brilliant writing. Um, I'm pretty sure she won a Golden Globe for that uh, guest star. Yeah. She was so good. And um, the writing... The performances, the jokes. I mean, it was it was just so good. And Christina Applegate fit right into that cast and brought just something completely new and different. And I it's one of the best. I always say if I if if I meet somebody when they're like, I don't really watch Friends, I never got into it, that's the episode I tell them to watch. Okay. She played Rachel's sister, yeah? Mm-hmm. Don't remember the episode that that much, but uh, I do remember it was a, a fun cameo. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Anyone what else? What was yours? Oh, me. I liked. Well, um, I liked Paul Rudd being on the show. I thought he was. Oh, good, he, so he, good. He wasn't sort of a cameo, I guess. He was on there for a, a little bit longer. Um, the Robin Williams Billy Crystal uh, cameo, I thought in Central Perk, was actually pretty mm-hmm. pretty funny. Um, and did you know else? that wasn't even supposed to happen? They just like happened to be. On the Warner Brothers lot filming something else, and they were like, we're going to come in and do this. It was completely improvised. Oh, no way. Okay. That, yeah, super That's cool. Crazy. But so good. Well, so that makes good. that even 
you know cooler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, no. So that's probably yeah, that's probably my favourite, just because of who they they are. I, and it seemed a little odd, but um, what was the other one that was actually really good? Uh, I like Ben, oh, ben Stiller playing the angry boy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. That yeah. that was funny as well. I, I like that. Yeah. As well, so. There's so many iconic people on that yeah. show. Brad Pitt. And, the oh, Brad Pitt yeah. one is. I love the part in the Brad Pitt one where he comes in and Phoebe turns around and she's just like, wow, thank you. Like looking up at God. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and the funny thing is, I'll, I'll ask you this question actually and then I'll, 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 I'll mention something. Mm-hmm. Who do you think has aged the best? So this is something we always talk about. We get together Jen, for sure. I mean, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen Jen in person okay. with – no makeup, no hair done, nothing yep. with glasses on. And when I tell you that woman is stunning, yeah. like, and she's known for having like the best skin in Hollywood, but she okay. truly, I mean, she came walking around a corner and I saw her and I swear like wind blew. It was yeah. like <laughs> insane. But like when people get on her, like, oh yeah, like the comment section of like, well, yeah, I'd look that way with Botox and fillers and filters and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, no. She looks like that in real life and she's absolutely stunning. Yeah. Like okay, that's good. Insane. And as far as men, I would say definitely David Schwimmer has aged the best out of the men. What, what was funny about or that Paul was, Rudd? I mean, if we're talking oh, about Paul Rudd, that guy's aging backwards. Paul, so. He doesn't yeah, exactly. He doesn't age yeah. at all. Yeah, so, uh, it's crazy. The, the they sometimes you see on Instagram they'll put the side by side pictures of him, yeah. and like you said, it looks like he's going backwards in aging. Yeah, so, I'm like, yeah. how? That's nuts. Uh, but yeah, what I liked about the reunion was um, Joey. Yeah, he'd put on a bit of weight, but you know what? He didn't care, and he was—he yeah. looked like he was quite comfortable and didn't mind. Yeah. But again, who knows? But uh, it's got to be so hard for them too, because it's like the show is n- inescapable. Everywhere you turn, it's on. They're selling, you know, T-shirts and mugs and calendars and memorabilia everywhere from like CVS to Target and you know it, it, i i imagine what that does to their mental health a little bit of like being reminded every day you used to be 25 yeah. and you're not anymore and yeah. when people see them in real life and go wow they look nothing like they did on tv this morning like you know it's kind of like a brain yeah messes with them a little bit, I'm sure. Because, you know, it's if somebody was comparing me to my 25-year-old self every single day, I'd imagine that would get a little hard. Yeah, and to be honest, those people should just go and have a look in the mirror as well because I get, I'm get, i sure they don't look like their 25-year-old selves anymore exactly. either. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, oh, that's cool. I, I thought Lisa Kudrow looked really good in that reunion. Oh, yeah, she looks great. And yeah. she's so Phoebe. Like, even... I, that's the thing about that show. I think all those people really are their characters yeah. and they just brought something that, you know, just ended up becoming a television show, but they all very much have the same mannerisms as their characters. And when Lisa Kudrow was talking, even I'm like, she is Phoebe. Like mm. there's just no other way around it. Yeah. Yeah. She does have that same meter and rhythm to the way she speaks mm-hmm. normally as she does on the show to a certain extent. So yeah, it was very natural. Do you have a favorite episode? Oh my gosh. My favorite episode. That's a hard one. There's I 10 mean, seasons. So <laughs> yeah. You know, I would have to say 
the, that one with Christina Applegate is up there, but the pilot, the pilot is one of my okay. all time favorites. Yeah, and Runaway Bride. that one and probably <laughs> the one with the prom video. That's another one that's just like okay. Each storyline is good. Yep. Each storyline is quotable. Each storyline you're invested in, like you know, you have the A storyline and the B storyline, but mm. they're all equally as important. And mm. I think those those are definitely the ones that stand out to me the most. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually went in preparation for this. I went back and watched the first episode again because mm-hmm. I hadn't watched it in so long. Like, yeah, you know, I don't rewatch Friends, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but but I, I did enjoy it. And I went back and watched the first episode and it was like, oh, my God, they're so different. You know, yeah. Joey's hair, like Matt LeBlanc's hair is so long and yeah. he's so different. And then, yeah. um, and then I forgot that. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Rachel, was actually mm-hmm. running away from a, a a wedding when she joined mm-hmm. the cast. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's right. And then, yeah, so and it was good to see the byplay between, between her and Ross, David Schwimmer, knowing that they're eventually going to sort of get together and all that sort of stuff. So interesting to watch again after so long. Uh, it, was, mm-hmm. it was actually really enjoyable. So it was good. Yeah. All right. Do you have a favourite character? And why is it Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> Um, I think with Jennifer in general, it's the grace. Like she's so, I don't know. She just has, you know, they talk about the it factor and that's what she has. And you just always want to root for her no matter what. And she's so kind and she's incredibly talented. Her timing is perfect. Um, And, you know, I, whenever I watch the show, I try to watch it through the perspective of a different character each time. Like okay. this time I'm going to watch it as if I'm only paying attention to Chandler and everybody's on the outside or Joey or Phoebe or Ross and Monica, all of them. Um, but I, there's just something, there's that it factor. There's that quality about Jennifer Aniston where she's so easy to watch and there's something about her that makes me feel safe. Where I'm okay. just, and you know, as a female in this industry pursuing a co- a comedy career, like you know, being on a sitcom would be my dream. And you know, she's kind of like the north star, like my blueprint, along with like Mila Kunis, like her being my favorite on that '70s show. It was just like you see these really strong, talented women create this career out of being brilliantly funny and smart with their choices and whether that be choices as a character or choices in their career. Um, So I think it's just like, you know, one of those, you always look to the person career, the person's career that you would want or. um, Emulate sort of thing. So. Yeah. And I think also I related to Rachel a lot where, you know, she works at a coffee house. She wasn't very good at her job. Like I've gotten fired from a lot of jobs. (laughs) (laughs) As an actor, I'm like, you know, I was a waitress once and it didn't work out. But um, so there's like little things like that of I just relate to her where she's, you know, or there's one episode where she's like, my friends are getting married or getting engaged and I'm getting other people's coffee. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I felt for a very long time. And I, I love seeing her arc of like, you know, finding what her 
passion is in the fashion world and creating a life for herself and a job for herself after, you know, she had never been independent her whole life and Mm. always depended on her dad. So I I think I just really love that storyline for her. That's fair enough. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a pretty good role model to be affiliated with. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, Look, why don't we get back to the countdown and uh, find out what your top five Mm. Uh, we've got five to count down now and get to number one. I think most people are probably going to be not surprised, not going to be surprised by what your number one is, but that's all right. We can have some fun on the way to Law number order. one. So. <laughs> all right. So, what's your number five? Number five is parenthood. Yeah, no, nothing about it really. Okay. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Lauren, after I watched Gilmore Girls for the first time, I couldn't get enough of Lauren Graham. And she okay. was on the show Parenthood along with Dak Shepard. Um, what's the, oh gosh, it's all, all these names are Erica Christensen. There's just, there's a lot of um, incredible actors on that okay. show. And I would say that show is like a masterclass in acting. And oh, Mae Whitman. I don't know if you know Mae Whitman. She was like a child actor. She was also on, she did an episode of Friends. Um, She was in Hope Floats. She was, I want to say, in One Fine Day. She's been in a ton of stuff and she's been working since she was a little girl. But the the acting is just incredible. The writing is incredible. I'm pretty sure it's by the same creator of uh, Friday Night Lights, if you're familiar with that show. Yes, yes, another one. Yeah. Um, And it was kind of like, have you heard of the show This Is Us? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So it was basically a better version of This Is Us ahead of its time. And I'm sure okay. some people will disagree with that, but I stand by it. Um, it was just very real and raw. And the performances were incredible. And none of it felt like it was... None of it felt like this would never happen. You know? Okay. And uh, it was just one of those slice of life television shows where you really related to and i remember i got my grandma into it like she watched it so fast and she she had moments where she would be like oh i wish we can do that with our family i wish our family would have dinner more often together like it was just very you know it followed a bunch of different people from a family around and then they'd all get brought together but it was just i mean that finale also made me cry a lot <laughs> sounds like it was a bit earthier in terms of the, the series yeah, so, just yeah. very grounded and beautiful beautiful writing and i'm gonna have to go just, watch that yeah the performances are so good and some of it was a little heavy but some of it was also fun and like yeah, like um, yeah it was just it was really just so I, I loved that show okay cool uh number four new girl new girl Again, have you ever seen? Uh, you've never seen New Girl? No. Uh, this is so crazy to me. <laughs> I didn't realize how different like entertainment is in other countries for people. Yeah, look, there's especially since streaming became uh, ubiquitous sort of thing. There was, it's it's very hard to get anything but sort of like reruns onto a lot of the free to air stuff because the channels don't want to pay for it because they don't have the viewership that they used to, right. uh, I guess all relates to, you know, advertising and things like that. But yeah, new girl. I've, I can honestly say I've never seen an episode. 
And, you know, uh-huh. some of these, like even parenthood, I think I might have come across it and watched mm-hmm. part of it at one stage. But because when you said Dax Shepard, that rings a bell. But New Girl, oh, I, Ha-ha, what's the, pun intended. What's the, he's married to Kristen Bell. <laughs> well, I used to watch, what was the um, series that she was, she was a. The a, Good Place? No, she was a teenage detective. Oh, Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars, of course. Yes. I used to, so I used to, I actually used to like Veronica Mars. I thought that was great. And, yeah. um, yeah, so, and I, I listen to his podcast every now and then too. Oh, I, yeah. I think Armchair Expert was the first podcast I ever started really listening to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I enjoy it. So, all right. So, New Girl, uh, educate me. <laughs> New Girl is Zoe De Chanel, Jake okay. Johnson, and Max Greenfield, Lamorne Morris. Um, incredible show. One of, I would say, like, you know, that show was probably one of the best sitcoms after Friends for me. Oh, really? Um, okay. Just in terms of the acting and the writing and Schmidt, the character Schmidt, um, played by Max Greenfield, is one of the best comedy characters of all time. And I will stand by that. I mean, yes, so good. Um it was just so unbelievably funny and clever. And, you know, it has a lot of the will they, won't they between the characters. Okay. And I actually remember, um, I, I'm i the type of person where if I watch a, a TV show, I watch every single interview these people have ever been in afterwards <laughs> okay. when I become obsessed with the characters. Yeah. And, you know, in a, I think on a panel... They asked Zoe Deschanel, like, you know, it's kind of like the Ross and Rachel of, well, they won't they? And she was like, well, I think we're more like Sam and Diane more than Ross and Rachel. And I was like, Sam, yeah, of Cheers. And that comment alone got me to watch all of Cheers. And like, (laughs) and then I couldn't stop watching all of Cheers. And so I, Cheers is so good. And Sam and Diane are like the best like the will they won't they of sam and diane is some of those scenes are like what made me go that's what i want to be as an actress like diane is like diane and zoe de chanel in new girl are a lot alike where they're very emotional but they're incredibly funny and quirky and quick and that kind of comedy acting for me is you know what I would love. That's something I would love. I would love to do shows like that, but okay. new girl, I definitely, that is one I would start. That's one I would recommend for you to start out of everything on this list because it is, really? it's really funny. Okay. Well, I'll get some time. I'll, uh, I'll yeah. definitely give it a watch for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, we are up to number three. Boy meets world. Now, we, I know we've had that here. Again, yeah. not one. I was more of the Wonder Years type of era of watching stuff yeah. like that. Boy yeah. Meets World, I'd never really watched either. So, Oi. Boy Meets World was Friends for me before Friends. Ah, okay. So, when I first moved to LA um, and got a, my own TV in my room, it was before streaming. It was before, you know anything and i had the the boy meets world box set so every oh, night okay i would watch boy meets world and that show is it's iconic i mean topanga and Corey and sean like i i mean 
in in the dad on the show, best TV dad of all time, hands down, William Russ. And then Mr. Feeney. I mean, it's just so good. And it, it's, again, I liked those shows where it was like, you know, these people are going through what you're going through. And all the way from age 11 to college, you know, they cover. Yeah. So, and it was during a time on ABC where they weren't afraid to tackle topics. Like, you know, they talked about racism on the show. They talked about um premarital sex or teen drinking and and like Mm -hmm. you know you're watching these shows and you're learning so much at the same time and you don't realize that it's like that spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down kind of vibe but it didn't feel like a psa episode every time (laughs) you know Yeah. yeah but it was just and i've actually met the cast i got to go to a taping and then when they did a girl meets world out here and i think when i met ben savage when I never understood the term when people are like, did you forget your name? And I'm like, yeah, 100%. I forgot my name <laughs> because I had watched Boy Meets World so much. And so to see the real Corey Matthews like standing in front of me, he was like, yeah. hi, I'm Ben. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. and he was like, do you want to sit down? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like I was so, my mind couldn't comp- comprehend that like this person that I've been watching on my TV screen my entire life is now in front of me. Like, yeah, I don't under my brain was just like couldn't compute. Uh, but incredibly crazy. nice people. So I do remember it being here. And uh, you said Ben Savage. Is that Fred Savage's younger brother? brother? Yeah, I thought because mm-hmm. they they look very similar. So uh, yeah. I thought. See, I was more of a Wonder Years type yeah. of uh, guy. And again, not I wasn't that young when I was watching Wonder Years. But uh, yeah, I really liked enjoyed. Wonder Years, and I was—is there any sort of comparison between the two, or it's completely different? Um, I, you know, I think it's a coming of age show, and that's what Wonder Years was. And Fred Savage actually does an episode or two on—he plays one of like the professors and hits on Topanga. Oh, okay. so it's interesting to like watch these two brothers in real life duke it out on screen a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, oh, gosh. I just, I don't know if they had this on Australia where it was TGIF, where it was like every Friday night, it was like Boy Meets World, um, no, Family didn't. Matters, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like all these like 90s sitcoms. And then they would have like NSYNC or Britney Spears host the night and like perform no. halfway through. Oh, God, it was, I'm so happy I lived during that time. <laughs> uh, TGIF at the moment is, uh, I don't even know if it's still around. Was <laughs> It's not anymore. A restaurant that was a restaurant that was about the only thing that I oh, had. yeah, yeah, we had Fridays, yeah. yeah. So, um, but we did have Family Matters, and uh, what was mm-hmm. the other one you mentioned? Um, Sabrina the Teenage Sabrina? Witch, yeah, we had Sabrina as well, obviously. Okay. So, we did have both of those, okay, very cool. Uh, up to <coughs> number two, Sorry. bless you, thank you. Up to number two. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> this this makes me laugh because Gilmore my, Girls are my yeah. number one. No, you're number two. My best mate loved this show. And I oh my god, Gilmore him. Girls is the best. I used to tease him incessantly about it. So. Really? Because <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Look, it's not for everybody. I What's interesting is that Gilmore Girls, when it was on TV, I would feel like, what is this? And I would change it. Now, like, I would say, well, what's interesting is my English teacher from high school and I became good friends after high school. Yep. I was always asleep in her class, but then I don't know, as I became an adult, we became friends. And 
she had posted something about Gilmore Girls. And I was like, Oh, my God, I just started this or something like I responded to her story on Facebook. And then it just kind of became this thing where we watched it and became friends through it and talked about it a lot. And then I became obsessed. And it is one of those shows. Every time I watch it, I feel differently about it. And it is very, you know, the escapism of it all. I just want to go to Stars Hollow. I want to be in this fictional world where nothing bad ever really happens besides, you know, like love drama and friend drama, but everything always gets worked out. And like, it just kind of takes you into this other world. And I like being there. And it's, okay. I, I've probably, I would say during the pandemic, I started it from the beginning and watched it all the way through four times. Oh, four to- How many episodes? It's, there's like 22, 24 episodes a season. How many seasons? I'm kind of crazy when it comes to binging. I'm not going <laughs> to even try to lie. Like if people are like, you finished all three Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, yeah, like it's, it's kind of a special skill of mine. Yeah. You don't have that whole getting outside sort of stuff to get in the way. Yeah, exactly. It's not like I have to go ride my bike anytime soon. So, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, how many seasons of Gilmore Girls were there? Seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's one of those. Uh, I'll just have it on in the background. Like okay. I don't need to. It's one of those I don't need to pay attention to it so much where I can't get other things done. And yeah. then it's like you know, as I'm falling asleep, these are the TV shows that are being put on. Yeah, but. If I'm falling asleep to Gilmore Girls and I wake up in the middle of the night, I have to turn friends on to go back to bed. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've established <laughs> that, that that one's the yeah. uh, that's the anchor. <laughs> so, right. And then yeah. it's also Lauren Graham. Like she's such an incredible actress. And to think that she's the same age as I am right now in the beginning of that show just seems like insane. Um yeah. It just doesn't feel like that's possible, but she's just such an incredible actress. And, you know, I, I watch that sometimes for studying purposes, honestly, to watch her and her choices and okay. how she's doing this dialogue where, yeah. you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with how fast they talk on that show. No, not really. But um, basically they would turn three pages like what would normally be three pages of dialogue into one page. They talk oh, kidding. paragraphs extremely fast. And um, anybody who's a guest on that show is always like scared because they're like faster, talk faster. Like there's a whole rhythm to the show. And um, just studying her and and how she delivers these lines and how she could possibly remember all these lines and – have the emotion she has behind all of it it's just she's so incredible she's incredible okay you're painting a nice yeah. picture I, I won't i won't say that i'm gonna go and watch it because i'm, I'm not going to but but I, no, like no 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 <laughs> but but even if you watched parenthood i mean she's on that and she's so good in that okay but her performance in gilmore girls is what made me go watch parenthood because i couldn't get enough of her okay for, look like i said my best mate he loved that show. He thought it was fantastic. And I, I guess there is a lot to like about it. Whereas the only thing is, like you were saying, it's somewhere where, you know, things bad things really don't happen, but they also get mm-hmm. sorted out pretty quickly. And if they do happen, and whereas I'm more of a Sunnydale, Buffy type of thing where every day in every episode there's a new monster to kill. So there's always something right. bad happening. So, so it's a, right. <laughs> probably a different 
different way or a different attitude towards my your uh, TV shows. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Fair enough. I understand. Look, before we get to your number one, it's going to be a, a huge surprise to everybody. But before yeah. we get to your number one, what, I want to ask you about your, your podcast. Where do you see it going? What do you want to do with it? I mean, look, I really just hope that it's helping people feel less alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had been through a lot of things with my mental health and I went to an outpatient center when I was about 28 and learned so much about myself. And I met a lot of people who were just fighting to be alive, basically, to beat this disease of depression or anxiety or bipolar or schizophrenia. And, you know, I I have anxiety and depression and these TV shows and movies and everything pull me out of that. And I would just hope to see more people be willing to talk about their experiences in these type of situations. Um, you know, I think there's such a stigma around mental health and I don't know if it's like the older generation or, you know, people don't realize some things that they do based from depression or anxiety until they hear somebody else talk about it and go, oh, maybe I have this. And like, I don't have to, I can find better tools to make, yeah. you know, to manage it better and yeah. and give myself a better life that I deserve. And so I just hope the show gets more of an audience at this point um, because I am really enjoying having these conversations with people. And I love... I love being present with somebody. I love because we don't have that a lot in in the world right now where we can, you know, just put our phones down and sit and talk with somebody and connect over things whether it be a shared feeling or a shared interest in a show and like shared experiences and I think um that's just really what I want the show to do and kind of just like open people's eyes of how important it is to be vulnerable and, you know, open in what you're going through because you're never alone. And also like, I just want people to have fun and like the world can seem like a kind of dark place, especially if you're dealing with depression or anxiety. So I just want people to like, be like, Oh, this, you know what? They listen to this show when they feel depressed. Let me try it. And like, then it becomes a new show that they love or like this movie or that movie. And, um, just kind of feeling like, you know, I called it my only friends because the TV show friends, sometimes it feels like they're my only friends and, you know, you relate to them the most or they make you laugh the most or they take you out of where you are. And I hope that this podcast would do that for somebody, you know? Yeah, for sure, definitely, and mm-hmm. and that's what I think nowadays more than ever that you can have a shared experience with someone across the other side of the world. You know, they right. can both watch like I'm here in Australia and you're in the states. We both watch Friends, and we could talk about Friends, and it's a passion, and not so much of a passion for me. Obviously, it's your passion, but but uh, it's going but we- to be your passion. <laughs> <laughs> I look, like I said, I I actually watched them as they were coming out. I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. Friends. I did. But that was ages ago. I've gone on from there. And, right. uh, you know, I've, there's a heap of other series that I've, I've watched. And, and The Office about, is about – I'm not big on re-watching stuff, but The Office mm-hmm. is, for me is something that I've, I'm about 
three episodes away from going on my fifth time through on on the office. Nice. So congratulations! I love that. <laughs> I love that. I don't know so if much. I see it as an achievement, my, it my is. family, it my is. family actually sees small it wins. As a, Okay, but um, but yeah, I but exactly what you're talking about with your podcast is what the office is for me. Mm-hmm. I've had a bad day. I've got a lot of stress thinking about a lot of different stuff. I can put on the office, and then mm-hmm. I'm home. It's yep. like oh. it's familiar. I can laugh, or I can just watch it, and I feel lighter, and it feels familiar. And that's what the yes. office is for me. And I I've had that. nothing else, even though I love, you know, a lot of other TV series and a huge Buffy fan. The office is the only one that I have that sort of feeling with. And it's a, just a, it's a dynamic that was unique for me in terms of the way I respond to it. And I think you're very correct in the way that your podcast is helping people find that thing for them, whatever it is. Mm. And a lot of times it can be a TV series or a, a, a bunch of movies or just a shared passion and and you have mm-hmm. a community there like you said about being by yourself there's there's someone somewhere else in the world that's going to like what you like and you right. can now get onto Instagram or Reddit or although Reddit's a bit toxic but Twitter <laughs> or somewhere and you can find other people that share that that passion and you have mm-hmm. someone to talk to and I I think it that you're correct in terms of it is a strategy for helping with mental health uh, mm-hmm. Whether you know it's acknowledged or not, I know that it helps me when I uh, when I'm feeling that way. Obviously, we've uh, worked out with you that you know friends does that for you, and it helps you when you're you're down or feeling a bit mm-hmm. melancholy or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I I loved it. That's why I got in co- contact with you. You know, you're only eight episodes in, but mm-hmm. I love the concept, and I listened to um, a couple of the episodes with uh, Tyler Cash and Dave. By the way. Is it Christy Yu? The Krista last episode? Mar- Krista Yu, yeah. Oh, Christy Yu. So you're 5'1", right? Yes. And she's t- she's how, t- how tall is how is she? How she's 5'2", so she's a, an inch taller than me. Oh, she's an inch taller. Oh, yeah. I got the impression on the, <laughs> on the show, like, sorry, on your episode <laughs> that she was shorter yeah. than you. I was like, my. No, 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 no. No, she's, it's, it, you'll okay. be hard pressed to find anybody shorter than me in my friend group. It is, sometimes <laughs> I forget enough. about it. Like my, my acting coach was like, yeah, but you don't give 5'1 energy. And I'm like, I guess that's like the girl version of BDE. Yes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I'm like, so. oh, I don't get five. He was like, your personality is much bigger than five one. I'm like, cool, yeah, cool, cool. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. All right. Very good. All right. Well, so I, I do love have a that. Com- Thank you. Thank you for saying those things. And I really love that you've been listening and that you've had me on because, you know, I am very early on in my podcast, but, um, so I'm, I was really excited that you asked me to be on here and that you, I love that, you know, the support and, just like hearing somebody say that they love the concept and stuff. Cause often we do these things and we're like, is anybody listening? Does anybody care? Like <laughs> you're working so hard and you yeah. kind of see the numbers, but you're like, and you know, you get feedback, but then you're like, is this just going off into the void? And then so yeah. to think that somebody, you know, in another country in Australia is listening to what I have to say and even gives a shit, like that <laughs> means a lot. It does. Really? It means a lot. And I love what you're doing too. And, Oh, so you. thank you. Uh, not a problem. It is something that you you know you look yourself in the mirror and go, is yeah, is anyone actually listening? And at least mm-hmm. you come from, I guess, show business uh, where I, I have no background in broadcasting or anything like that, which obviously people will quickly 
uh, be aware of. But, um, but but it's, it's a natural conversation that I'm really interested in having with people. Mm -hmm. And that was when I first started the show. It was one of the things I said was this is a bit of a selfish endeavor of mine because, uh, I get to speak to a lot of people that I genuinely like to speak to. You know, right. and I get to have a conversation with them and then I get to share it. And if anyone listens, that's great. And if anyone gets anything out of it, that's fantastic. And with something like your show where we're not just – and, again, this is nothing against a show that just talks about movies or TV series, but you have something – you have a purpose a little bit more to your show than just talking about friends. You know, there there mm-hmm. is a, a willingness to try and help people and give them a strategy and – share the strategy that's worked for you and how that strategy for other people has worked as well so Mm -hmm. yeah so i was really intrigued and that's why i wanted to have you on so which is which has been good so i I do do want to ask you a couple other questions so these are pretty much staples of what i uh, do on here so the first one is what are you reading watching and or listening to at the moment so i just finished felicity um, mm-hmm. one of my guests came on my show and said that that was their like go-to show, their comfort show and a show that helped them through, you know, their early adult life. And I became obsessed with it. Like to the point where I'm like listening to old episodes of Carrie Russell on podcasts. I'm watching like their panels at South by Southwest. Like, um, Scott Speedman is an incredible actor who's on that show. It was actually JJ Abrams first show that he created, And so I've just gone down this huge rabbit hole of Felicity. So that's something I'm watching. Listening to Taylor Swift because I'm so... Swifty. I'm a Swifty. Yeah. I'm a crybaby Swifty. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be surprised if you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) You mean I don't look like I listen to death metal? Um, hey, what's wrong with death metal? (laughs) Nothing. But, you know, based off of this interview, (laughs) I don't think... That would that would be quite the turn of events. Um, <laughs> I I mean, her new album is so good. It's just so good. And honestly, I'm listening to a lot of in sync Christmas music right now because it's okay. the season. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, and I'm watching. I watched all of Dead to Me. Another Christina Applegate plug. Um, I don't know if you have that there. Uh, my wife's watched it. I think. I love oh, Christina Applegate. So I think she's a great actress. And uh, my wife got into that, I think. Yeah, um, it's incredible. The acting, her and Linda Cardellini are forces. I mean, oh, it is. That's right. I know that one. Yeah. yeah. Linda Cardellini, so she's, she's like a, a bit of a, a loose cannon in this. She's a little bit weird. In yeah. One. Yeah. And both of them, like the first episode alone, it's like watching a tennis match. Okay. And they're just so incredibly good. And so I, I finished, I watched it twice already. Oh, I know. Well, I have a problem. I have you a really don't problem. go outside or do anything else, do you? <laughs> I think the pandemic didn't help. Okay. Like it was like, it, it became acceptable to not leave your house. Yeah. So I really just like doubled down on that. And I was you like, really All leaned right. into that one. <laughs> and guess what? I've never had COVID. So there, jokes there on everybody else. Fair enough. Okay. Um, if you could be the VIP guest or a guest for a concert, podcast, you know, go backstage or a celebrity wedding, sporting event, talk show, what would it be and why? I mean, let's say Smartless had a live show. 
I would do oh, that okay. because I know for a fact Jennifer Aniston would be there because <laughs> she's I so see. close with Jason Bateman and his wife and they did a live show and she came out and like gave the audience popcorn. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was so jealous. Um, yeah. Mostly because, yeah, I would want to get to Jennifer Aniston somehow, but also like, I just kind of, I feel like I've kind of taken on that role in, in my friend group of, you know, a lot of my friends are married or have kids or with their significant others or partners. And I just kind of take on the hostess role of like, I want everybody to come to my house and I want, you know, everybody to feel like it's a home away from home. And Jennifer Aniston is very much like that. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you listen to smart list, but they talk about how every Sunday they do dinners and it's always at her house. And so basically the goal would be on to, to, to get on smart list and become friends with those people and then get invited to a Sunday dinner. Oh, that's nice. That's <laughs> like a, a really true psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's consistent at least. So Yeah. Look, you're not getting any surprises from me. <laughs> no, that's good. Brittany, it has been wonderful having you on. I really want to thank you for, for coming on, and I encourage everybody to go listen to your podcast, My Only Friends. Uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find uh, that and all the other work uh, that you've done? That would be great. Oh, thank you. Um, You can find My Only Friends on anywhere you can stream podcasts. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. Um, and I just have an Instagram called My Only Friends Podcast. And yeah, I mean, that is, that's where you can find the podcast and more of my work. I'm just Brittany, Brittany underscore Rizzo on Instagram. And you can see a lot of my clips from different things I've worked on and my dogs and songs and whatnot. And yeah, I'm just, that's about it. I don't, I don't know. I'm so bad that's at it. plugging myself. No, that's fine. <laughs> well, I'll do all the rest in the show notes. And uh, I'm like, you <laughs> are so good at this. Like you, when you oh, sent me you. stuff to get like, you like have a spreadsheet and have a website. I'm like, Oh, I need to like up my game because <laughs> you know, I kind of just feel like I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I did it. And like, I'm slow. I'm learning. I'm taking pieces from everybody. I'm learning so much from everybody yeah. who I'm coming into contact with. So that's, that's you've inspired I, me. Oh, thank you. That's, that's nice to know because to be honest, that's all I've done is pretty much uh, watched yeah. other people, other podcasts and think, well, that's yeah. a good idea. Why am I not doing that? And the, the website was a big one, which is great because it makes it easier for my guests to uh, register mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, scheduling app, all that sort of stuff. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I think, you know, for what you've done in eight episodes is fantastic. And you've got a Thank huge you. future ahead of you with podcasting. So, uh, you're really natural on, on the mic. And you, you know, you, you know, a lot of, uh, people in the industry too, which is, which is also a plus, which is, which is great. And I love your conversational style. And again, love the concept of, uh, of the show. So. That means so much to me, Darren. I mean, that really, truly means a lot. It does. And I'm very, I'm very grateful for your time and your words and, and what you're doing with this too. I think it's great. Not so, a problem. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you. have a, a good rest of your day. Um, you too. Enjoy the confines of your house. Maybe go out and <laughs> see the sun. 
I don't know if it's, but thank you. You like and, find out that I'm actually calling from the psych ward right now. Like, no wonder no. she doesn't leave. <laughs> no, all good. She's well, not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> what are those people in the background? Is that a straight jacket? Wait on. Yeah, <laughs> it's all white walls and just this one little star. <laughs> so funny because I all did right. a good job today. Okay, enough. No, no, sorry, no, 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 you did a good job. You did a good. So I can cut all that out. That's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. What did oh what you gosh. do with the star? Oh no, I was just saying I got a star today for being a good uh, patient. But <laughs> okay, very good. This is my. Oh, you uh, got your dogs you there. See, friends are oh, fantastic. Friends yeah. store. Lovely. And then all my um my friends' Lego sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, that makes for fantastic podcasting. That one. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. no it's great well you have a fantastic day and I'll, I'll talk to you soon okay right, sounds bye. good bye another episode in the books and a fun chat with a very personable young lady i encourage you to go over and listen to britney's show you don't have to be a friends fan but i really do think she has hit on something with the impact our affinity with certain tv shows can have on keeping us sane or at the very least, it gives us an outlet to drown out the pressures of the everyday. And mere culpa to the fact that I also forgot to ask for Britney's number one TV pick on her countdown. Yep, I screwed the pooch on that one. However, I think we covered her love for Friends adequately enough, not to mention that her podcast is devoted to the show and called My Only Friends, to ascertain that Friends is her number one show of all time. Please feel free to get in contact with me over at myguestlistpod.com And if you would like to support the show, please follow, rate and review, or tell someone about the show that you think might like it. If you would like to support the show monetarily, you can do so on Patreon, Supercast, and Buy Me A Coffee, where I will hopefully have some extra episodes coming to those platforms after I get back from vacation. Until then, please stay well, and as usual, I'll chat at you again next episode.